All right, it is Sunday, July 15th. We're going to broadcast to you, myself and Tony Johnson. I'm Will Sansett. I'm going to throw it over to Wayne. We're going to try to do a little quick one here today with some news and notes. Yeah, we got some news of the week. We got our tip of the week, and then we'll talk about the classic course of the week. There wasn't a ton of news. uh, A little bit, I guess we already kind of knew about this, so I guess it is semi major news about. John Daly. Officially. The formal announcement, yeah. yeah formal. We, we heard some hints of it, but we got the formal announcement this week that John Daly will be associated with Golden Tee 2019, 30th anniversary. And so uh, we're not totally sure in what way he's going to be involved. Uh, we know for sure the real, uh, call it real-time rivals. Yeah. That's going to, we got a little uh, motorcycle in the background. Yeah. Uh, real-time rivals is going to be a casual play-only mode. Still not totally sure how it's going to work. Might work kind of like the old shadow mode a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with shadow mode, it's uh, back at Golden Tee four days. You could, uh, if you were playing an online game, you could choose to play the shadow. Yeah, throwing an extra week. buck. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was like, uh, hey, here's the best round from the last week or one of the best rounds from the previous week, and you can play against this person and kind of follow them around a little bit. So that's kind of the way I envision real-time rivals work not just the john daly portion but they're talking about it you might play the world champ you might play you know jim Zelinsky. who knows who knows <laughs> who you're gonna play but that's kind of the way i envision real-time rivals working again i don't really know i'm just kind of guessing other than other than that i assume we're gonna have some audio from john daly you know we've got peter yeah. jacobson right now and jim nance i assume we're gonna have some john daly audio uh they in the official release they mentioned there's gonna be colorful outfits throughout the year uh, I, don't, I can't remember what John Daly's... Yeah, uh, back in the day it was the uh, loudmouth line. Loudmouth line, there you yeah. go. So I assume we'll get some uh, some new loudmouth line uh, available For throughout sure. the year. I, I'm sure they tied it in. That's that's pretty exciting to have a guy like John Daly actually be a player and sign up for this. You know, back in the day we've had top flight sponsorships. We've had a couple other sponsorships. And now we're going to real players, and they're going to incorporate them not just as a face on the game, but someone you can interact with in the game. So I think that's very cool. Yeah, and I think, you know, forever we've been pretty used to Jim Nance, who's, you know, an announcer for real golf, and Peter Jacobson, who has transitioned from a real golfer onto the senior P- or champions tour and then, uh, and then into kind of the announcer's booth. And that's another recognizable name, but John Daly is yeah. kind of – Historically, one of the most popular tour players oh, gosh, ever. I mean, yeah. you got your—not that he's on the level of Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson, but in terms of popularity, he's kind of an everyman's yeah, golfer, right? it, it, and so everybody recognizes John Daly and can, you know, in some ways associate with John Daly. A little I, bit. I, I think this is a huge score for Golden Tee because, granted, I'm a semi-part-time smoker. I love to drink my beer, but if you look at John Daly and what he's done on the PGA Tour, he's He's drained out putts on the 18th hole and started cracking beers if you watch the YouTube video, and he's basically showering himself. He's smoking on the golf course. I mean, he's, I don't want to say he's a degenerate, but I think he falls in line with the Golden Tee player. Guys who are out in the bar having fun, not just taking it so seriously, but taking it seriously, but also enjoying it as they play. Yeah, I mean, think about uh, the World Championships from last month. We were all taking it seriously, most of us Mm -hmm. taking it seriously. Um, but we were still having a hell of a good time. Oh, yeah. You know, doing our drinking, doing our smoking, doing our gambling. I mean, that's John Daly in a nuts, nutshell right there. Oh, yeah. So he'd, he'd fit right in at the World Championship. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's a great score by Golden Tee, and I think it's a great fit. 
yeah, to- totally great player to have in the game in terms of who do you want to have in during the current times. I mean, yes, you have Bubba Watson, you have Tiger Woods, you have all these pros. But, but I they, think more people know John Daly than Bubba Watson, yeah, for they, sure. In terms of the persona, for sure. Yeah. It's it's absolutely fantastic, and, and I think the game is going to get you know grown up from there. I mean, people are going to look at John Daly and be like, oh, my God, John Daly's in this game? I think that's going to be a huge yeah, asset yeah. to the game going forward. Yep. Uh, some other news that came out this week, uh, some minor stuff. Uh, they talked about there's going to be 18 new putters available that yes. you can buy on the on the Golden Tee app. Uh, I'm one that doesn't have a, spe- a special putter. I, I use kind of the standard putter. So why why is that exactly? Uh, I I'm a, I when I'm when I'm putting specifically I'm looking at the screen, mm-hmm. and so. If it doesn't look like the putter has always looked, it messes with me. I agree. And in the same way, I don't like to use like special hats. I mean, I've got a hat on my on my Golden Tee character, but it's kind of a relatively small hat because some of those larger ones, whether it's like the astronaut helmet or whatever, there's all the big head with laser big head Donald coming Trump, out, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, sometimes it'll block the hole. Like so, if you got a long putt, you can't actually see the hole. Again, it's just mental. It messes with me. I could close my eyes and make a right too, but the fact that the hole is hidden because it's behind my big Donald Trump head, yeah, uh, it just messes with me and I can't make the putt. Yeah, your astronaut helmet all of a sudden is emitting beams and it messes with your up five right two from yeah. seventy three feet. Yeah. So, and I know they wouldn't have made eighteen new putters if it wasn't a huge thing for some people. It's not for me, but it's clearly a big selling point for some people. Uh, they did a. One of the new putters this call this week was called Moby Dick. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he said, "Take it with a grain of salt." Basically, yeah. They said, "No, it's not that. It's not quite that dirty." But then they kind of <laughs> in the write up, they almost kind of was like, "Well, maybe it is kind of that dirty." Uh, but it's the it's the the yard drink that some of us might be uh, familiar with from like Las Vegas. Is that tall ass yeah. drink? Las Vegas, Mexico, margarita, for sure. or daiquiri, or whatever. Uh, so that's one of them. There was a one with some uh, Christmas lights wrapped around it. Whatever. So, again, that's going to be a big selling point for some people. Not particularly me, but whatever. Um, next up, the final news that happened this week was they released the first images of Landon's Landing, which is, was the de- design-a-hole yeah. winner this year. Um, looked great. Um, looks like a I agree. shoreline course. I don't – in the write-up, maybe I missed it. I don't know what they said – if they said what course it was. Did I think it's uh, going to be on Cat Andreas. Okay. If, if I, mean, I it makes recall sense. right, it's coastal, right? It seems like it fits the geography of Kedidras, but uh, I just happen to not see it. Uh, so that I guess that's it for the news. I think this coming week there was hints in Adam Kramer's Freaky Friday that we're going to start to see some videos of uh, of the upcoming courses. So yeah. you'll get to hear us talk about the upcoming courses again. Uh, we, we they've kind of given us drips and drabs over the last couple weeks. Uh, we got some stories. And some we got teasers, some pictures. Yeah. Now we're gonna get some videos. Oh, uh, but then, real, relatively quickly, a lot of times the um, the beta versions of the new courses will come out about a month beforehand. Correct. So really, that's not that far from now. That's about a month from now. Maybe a little bit more than that. But we're about a month away from me and Will making a road trip to wherever they have the beta. Yeah, uh, S- suburbs of Chicago. Well, and uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. St. Cloud is for whatever reason we don't get one in the Twin Cities, so it's about an hour and a half drive, or a little more, a little less than that to St. Cloud. We'll do it for the podcast. Oh, yeah. We will drive. 
we'll have five GD episodes, one for each course. Oh yeah, we're we're get here. Your knowledge. Yeah, we're here for you guys. This is a this is a really exciting time of the year, and obviously this is a brand new podcast where we haven't had a chance to explore the new courses yeah. and the new courses re- being released. Um, this is really really cool. I mean, Golden T, you talked to you know Don obviously at Worlds. We've talked about that, and he's stepping up his game. He's He's partnering with IT, and they're saying we want to grow this game. They're not just laying, you know, laying in the weeds, laying in the bushes, waiting for PS4, or Xbox, or whatnot. They're trying to grow this game. And I'm really excited for the places they want to take this because hearing him speak, he talks about the same want and the same need to grow this game for the younger generation. Yeah, and I, you know, they've given us some little little drips over the last few weeks of some new some new stuff that's going to be coming out in the 2019 release of course the new courses uh but also you know don has been hitting about some new features so we'll see new gameplay modes that maybe for prize play we'll see we talked about classic or the closest to the pin last week and where that's going but so we'll see it'll Very be interesting exciting. to see where that goes from here and we're excited to uh, explore it on the podcast with you guys most definitely so in this week's episode of the PMGB podcast, we're, we're going to talk about saving strokes again, and one of the saving stroke tips we have is brought to you by Tony Johnson this week. So this isn't this is a little bit next level kind of golden tee stuff. You know, we've talked about some of the beginner to mid level player stuff, the ten mile per hour wind, mm-hmm. the, the the sneaky right one or left one on some severe uphill putts. Yeah, uh, this one is can be a bit focused on daily contest and get and finding some repetitive shots but you'll find it if you get used to the concept of foals you might I'm sure you've heard that word thrown around a lot if you're listening to uh, the Golden Tea podcast I'm sure you're on Golden Tea fan and and you're familiar with some of these terms so foals is a shot that gets used a decent amount on daily play but also I feel like as I've learned to use foals on the daily contest I've incorporated them into my game a little bit on the regular play, where you got to hit, you have to hit a big cut shot, and with big cut shots, you're never quite sure how it's, how much it's going to cut. But with a full, you are relatively sure how much it's going to cut. And so the concept of a full is, uh, in a perfect for a perfect full scenario, you'd you you wouldn't have to move your tee, and you'd play an extreme A cut, and you'd thumb it dead straight, or extreme A or extreme C and you thumb it dead straight at two. So that's the perfect full, right? And it, and with and a lot of times you're talking about, at least for me, I know a lot of people use it with a lot of different clubs. It's gonna, usually it's with a wood, right? It might be Correct. a nine wood, a seven wood, six five four wood, something like that. And with the six five four wood, or the, the five and the four wood really, and the three wood, you're, when you, if you cut it full and thumb it kind of smooth at two, it's gonna move the ball about two clicks. So Correct. last week we talked about, or the week before maybe, we talked about the 10 mile per hour trick. So if, you, if you've got a 10 mile per hour crosswind, you can turn one, and it's gonna move their ball from 100 yards, a nine iron, exactly one click back. And so the full Correct. is kind of that con- same concept. So if I've got, if I have no wind, and I have a four wood, and I cut the four wood extreme C, let's say, and I thumb it dead straight, it's gonna move it back, it's gonna cut it around something, presumably, about two clicks. And the reason why you would do this is to be consistent, not only consistent with how much the ball is cutting, 
and 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 you know you could even use a high T and maybe it'll float in soft but also if you're trying to dial in a straight shot on the daily even if you miss one little hair to the left or one little hair to the right with a straight thumb shot you know it's gonna miss yeah. so if I've dialed it in and I know it's dead straight well as soon as I hit it and I see it take off not dead straight well I know I've missed it just off by hair right. yeah whereas with a full you tend to have a little bit more margin for error so you might instead of only being perfect if it's dead straight it might be perfect if it's one little hair left dead straight or one little hair right and you might also have some variation with speed as well and so uh, it's something that I I've gotten really used to playing on the daily and then I've eventually incorporated into my regular game one of the holes we're going to talk about this week is actually a hole that I end up using a full on a decent amount um, and so I, I think it, it, it made sense to talk about this week um, for sure it's something I would encourage people to experiment with on the daily I know uh, Andy Fox has started to play a lot more daily. Uh, Luke Nelson and I have been pushing to play more daily for a while. Lewis uh, and Clark. I, yeah. We, we, what's a? Because uh, Luke and I call ourselves Lewis and Clark when we're uh, exploring fulls. So if, once we have three people, is there a three-person exploration team? I don't know. We the have Nina, a... the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. So if any of you guys have noticed, uh, there was a tournament, I want to say it was back in uh, the year of Winding Pines. Andy Haas actually pulled out a full on Winding Pines. I want to say it was the par 5 where you go to an island, I think it was on the backside, and he took two turns left, and he pulled out a full in the middle of the match and hold it out. And during the daily, this is one of the things you can start dialing in on, to Tony's point, is that the wind, the break of the green, you're going to find your space in the tee box and you're going to hit these folds, either, you know, an A2 or a C2, and you're going to find it where all of a sudden it just seems to zip right at the hole. Yeah. Where, where your line really can't be messed with. It's just a matter of speed. And, and they're great shots. They're absolutely fun shots. So when folks talk about, oh, my gosh, this guy just shot a 34 under on the daily with 118,000 great shot points, how is that possible? Folks are finding folds. They're finding where to drop it in the tee box, they're hitting foals on them and ending up with shots that are very repeatable yeah, over and over. And I think that's a great point uh, that, I, that I didn't make the first time around, which is, you know, the reason it works best for daily and not, not quite as well for normal play, for dialing in hole outs, is because in the daily you get multiple looks at the same shot. Correct. And so within a tee box, depending on what year the course was made, you have a tee box with a lot of room to move around. So if you can dial in the exact, the, you know, the extreme full C and straight thumb at two, and you're consistently missing it a yard to the right, well, on the second look or the third look or the fourth look, you move it a little bit to the to the left, and all of, all of a sudden you have something that's consistently right next to the hole. Yeah, if you start looking at some of the videos on GoldenTea.com, GoldenTeaTV.com by Richard King. Uh, there are shots and rounds posted by Andy Haas that Richard King has done. Um, the Daily Sickness, some of the other rounds by Evan or JoJo, some of these guys who really hit the daily and they hit it hard. And you can see what they do where they just dial it in and they're moving the tee just a little bit or a lot, but they find that spot where a full kicks in and it's dang near automatic. Yep, yeah. I, I, when I find a full, I wouldn't call it dang near automatic. Occasionally you'll find one that's just great. Uh, those guys are a lot more automatic than I am. But again, 
whether I'm automatic at, at making it or not, it's one that I know is a safe shot. If yes. I found a, a full that's a, a, you know a full C and then a thumb at two with a five wood, I know I'm not going to accidentally hit it way too hard or accidentally cut it. You know, I might not make it, but I'm probably getting shotties. Yeah, or, you're getting a chance every or, time. Or I'm not going to screw it up. And so that's another reason for finding some fools on the dailies. It's a it's a shot that you feel comfortable, like, okay, I know I'm not going to screw this shot up. Com- you know, I, I'm too better with a couple holes to play. I know I'm not going to screw it up coming home. And so I think the full has a lot of benefits. And like I said, eventually, once you get comfortable with how much a certain club is going to cut with a certain wind, uh, you'll find yourself incorporating it into your regular, regular play as well. Most definitely. So, Tony, I know we just talked about saving strokes yep. with our last segment and the fulls, but I actually just got an email earlier this morning, and it's from Jazz's Jeans. Jazz, and what is that? Jazz's Jeans is a is a new sponsor that wants to hop on the podcast. Oh, I love sponsors. People, yeah. and, and I know, I've heard feedback. People love this segment. So, I'm glad. I mean, we've had Tansy's Tacos. We've had Haas's Sleeping Potion. I mean, oh I'm happy gosh. that we got another one because I know how happy people are to hear about new sponsors every single week. Yeah, fantastic organizations. We're going to do everything we can to support these folks. The newest one is actually Jazz's Jeans, a local company here in Minneapolis who is actually branching out throughout the United States. American-made. Correct, yeah. And what Jazz's Jeans do is if you have a formal event, whether it's a wedding, a job interview, church. Correct. Anything that you can think of where you have to dress up, you can actually dress down with Jazz's jeans. It's fantastic. Uh, is it is it just jeans, or is there other is there other stuff that you I could wear that I could buy from Jazz's the, jeans that might go well with Jazz's jeans? Jazz's jeans is actually coming out with a new line of polo shirts. So recently, we've had the Mark McClevich and Jill Cromey wedding. And this was like the grand unveiling, I believe, yeah, of Jazz's jeans. Correct. And so what they had was a room full of Golden Tee players, who's their target audience, and Jazz's jeans actually brought out a person wearing jeans to a wedding with a polo shirt. They had their full line on display, classic jeans with a tucked-in polo and a belt. It, it was fantastic. These, these products are amazing. Jazz's jeans is great for, like I said, job interviews, weddings, what about a baptism? A, a baptism would work out. Funeral? Fu- funeral is a little touch and go. I mean, they they maybe, have maybe the do they have a black pair of jeans? They do have a black. So they have a black solid. They have a dark blue. They have a stonewashed blue, and they have a multitude of different color blues that you can wear to any function that you may have occur in your life. I, I I'm not a fashion guy per se. What is it called when uh, when you when your jeans have some rips in them? Weathered. Yeah, weathered. Well worn. Maybe new age, slight is, hipster. Is yeah. there a is there a well worn version of Jazz's jeans? Jazz's Probably jeans. Probably not. I mean, Jazz's jeans would only go so far. There's still a small upstart. So I know uh, in in communicating back and forth today with the email, they're uh, they're going back and forth and they're looking at this. They're looking to expand their brand already, which is why they're want to be a part of our podcast so i'm really excited for this yeah i mean just thinking about the future and where the, what this might lead for jazz's jeans i mean we've already talked about the jeans we've talked Fantastic. about the polos i mean the natural next there's there's two ways we can go we can you know what we can do here we can think about a golden tee golfer right yeah i'm put i'm making my outfit i'm putting some pants on my golfer i'm putting a shirt on my golfer i got two other main things headwear so are we thinking like 
golf hats might be Jazz's jeans next up, or yeah. footwear. Like well, some some technically sneakers, but kind of fancy sneakers. Yeah, I mean, if you have a wine stance and you're a golden tee player, Jazz's jeans are amazing. And if and if you're lacking a little bit in the hair with the hairline, Jazz's jeans. I, I Jazz's think they're, hats. They're coming out with headwear. That that's what he said in the email. It might not be to market yet, but look for it in the future. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope our listeners are too. Thank you, Jazz's jeans. So it is our privilege here on the Podmore Get Better podcast, myself and Tony Johnson, to bring you again the classic course of the week brought to you by Incredible Technologies and Golden Tee Golf. Uh, Excited that they've shared this information with us so we can bring it to you live if you're listening. Yeah, so big thanks to Golden Tee, the Golden Tee guys for sharing this info with us ahead of time. Uh, Also, goldenteefan.com. Huge Uh, resource. Yeah, so literally, I've taken some notes on my, like I play the course this morning, taking some notes, but also while we're doing this podcast, I'm literally looking at goldenteefan.com. And I encourage you guys to do the same thing. You know, I think when I I explain a whole over with just audio, sometimes I wonder if people are able to kind of follow along with what I'm talking about, and hopefully you can. But if you can't, for sure, goldenteefan.com to at least get a visual at whole I'm talking about. So, this week's, this coming week's classic course of the week, we just got done with Heather Point. It was quite a course. Yeah, uh, fun course. The rain was messing with us a decent amount. Made a few holes drivable, not drivable that otherwise would be. Uh, this week, we our course also has rain. Uh, we're looking at a 2007 Golden Tee course, Moose Landing. Moose Landing, great course. From, from my favorite set of courses, the 2007 courses. Uh, other ones from 2007 are Glacier Ranch, Indigo Mound, which we just had the Throwback Thursday on last yeah, week. Great I wonder set. if there's a correlation there, actually. <laughs> I wonder if they correlate the last week's th- Throwback Thursday with uh, next week's uh, Classic Course of the Week. I'd, we'll have, I'd, we'll have to pay attention I'd, to that. I'd love to give them some credit, but quote-unquote, I don't, I don't think they're that smart. Maybe I'm being yeah. a little too overbearing, but no, it, it worked out great. Moose Landing is a great course. Yeah, and uh, the other course is from 2007. Again, one of my favorite uh, years of courses. Uh, Palm Springs, which we had as a classic course not that long ago, about a, three or four weeks. Very uh, fun. And uh, Rustic Bridge, another great classic course of the week. Uh, so, But we'll talk about Moose Landing here. Uh, Moose Landing, at the time Moose Landing came out, I think we would be pretty consistently saying par was minus 28. Uh, there were some holes that could set up pretty difficult to make it maybe a 27. But at this point, I'd say for sure it's at least a minus 28 par. When we say par... I guess, I don't know that we've ever technically it's, explained par in the podcast. Yeah, so that's basically, if you get a par 3, you're taking a birdie. You get a drivable par 4, you're throwing it on the green, and you're making your eagle yeah, even putt. if it's, like, mostly drivable. Like, it's not even, like, easy drivable, but it's, it's going to be drivable most of the time. Yeah, so if you get to this level of play, even if someone throws it off the green, they might chip in for eagle. So, in terms of golden tee pards... You know, birdieing every birdie hole, eagling every eagle hole where you give yourself a shot and an opportunity to take that eagle, whether it's with a putt or whether it's with a chip. Yep. So in this case, we would say par for moose is going to range from 28 to 30. Uh, pretty Most of the time, it's going to be 28. Yeah, There's there a couple, couple holes. A couple wild go, yeah. cards thrown in for sure. And, and one, of, one of the wild cards, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is, is a hole I, I definitely haven't figured out. 
even over the years. It's a crapshoot for sure. Uh, and so it's it's a par four that is short enough to be drivable almost all the time, but it's severely uphill and can, tends to be a little bit difficult. But let's uh, let's lead in with hole one. Actually, hole one is one of the holes that uh, that we would say is occasionally drivable. So this yeah. would be one that, if it is drivable, would boost it up to a minus 29 par. From the front of the three tee boxes, it can play as short as about 400 yards. And so a 400 yard shot with an A1 or a C3 is doable. And, and certainly at least chippable. And so, uh, yeah, this might be one that for sure from the front box, you'd at least have a chip at. Yeah, so in terms of doing some course research, uh, Tony Johnson, my co-host, actually sent me an invite on this so we could actually play a couple games on Moose Landing. Was it I, right, right after you got the uh, email from Jazz's Jeans? Yeah, Jazz's Jeans sent the email, and I saw your invite come through, and I hit a big A1, and I actually chipped in on hole one. I'm not going to talk about the trackball going to crap after that. Well, it's good to hear that because I actually haven't played that invite yet. So I know that <laughs> Will's minus two after one. After yes. that, I don't know. Maybe he might drop some hints later on in this podcast. It was, it, it was far enough away where I actually got shotties too. So I don't oh, want to mess right, with your mind, right, Tony right. Johnson. So semi-drivable. Yes. So anyway, so but from the from from the not front tee box, it's going to be a, a layup. It's a flat green. So it's a shoddy opportunity. Yeah, for you're sure. going to run at the hole. Maybe for a sure. whole lot of opportunity. Uh, <clears throat> next up, we've got a drivable par four, drivable all the time. It's going to be anywhere from 260 to 310 yards or so. Uh, before tees came about, <clears throat> this used to be a pretty difficult hole, or especially for a hole two, might be a pretty difficult hole. Uh, it's a little bit downhill, and you're usually playing a bit of a C3. You know. I, I say C3, and we, we, get, we talk half about... Half and half, maybe. Yeah, half and half. Or, you know, you're putting a little baby cut on it, a little little towards C and a little out to three. Uh, sometimes from the front box or front two boxes on this one, with the high tees, you might be able to go straight over those trees, which used to be way too tall to get over. Um, but at this point, so the tees help quite a bit. You've got a couple bunkers on this hole, and actually throughout this entire course, whereas, so maybe I take just a quick break and talk about the clubs I'm going to be using on this course. We t- last week I said that I want I was I was taking my four wood out, and I was putting yep. in the lob wedge because those bunkers were trouble. Yeah, if you if if you do get in trouble last week on Heather, or currently this week on Moose Landing, you want to be able to save that stroke. Right. If you don't drive that green, you at least want to be able to put it on the green and put in for birdie. And 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 actually, I would say that the bunkers on Moose are as difficult as the bunkers on Heather. But the big difference in my mind, and the reason I'm not putting a lob wedge in my bag this week, is, oh. be- is be- yeah, breaking news for Will, uh, is because I feel like the bunkers on Moose are not as in play as the bunkers on Heather. Right? There, was, there was greens where you could roll off of or just miss on Heather where you'd find yourself in a deep bunker. Whereas I feel like the misses you have to have on Moose are much more significant to find yourself in yeah. one of those terrible bunkers. And so... Whereas, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to go the whole week without being in one of these bunkers, <laughs> but it's, it, I feel like it's a lot more rare compared to Heather Point. And so I'm going to, I'd agree. much rather have that forward. There's a lot of holes where that forward might come into play. And, and actually, I've missed, I've missed that forward quite a bit this week on Heather Point. There's, there's enough holes on Heather Point where I was like, oh man, I wish I had that forward. But again, that lob wedge is there for a reason. So in, with, with Moose, for me personally, I'm going to take that lob wedge back out and put in the forward. 
I'm I'm gonna go opposite of you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a lob wedge. I I don't have the credentials you have, and and maybe uh, maybe I'm a little more geared toward towards an everyday banger as opposed to you. But I th- I think the lob wedge on this course, where if you make one mistake, I'm gonna have that lob wedge in my bag where I just want to lose one stroke as opposed yeah. to two, three, four. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't disagree. Uh, I just personally, you know, I do my best to keep that forward in the bag. Yeah. Another motorcycle. Yeah, we're uh, it's we're a beautiful broad- night, so there's a lot of motorcycles. Yeah, we're we're, we're in Minnesota, so we get three months of the year to enjoy this. Tony Johnson and I are having a little beer out on the patio right now. Uh, played some mediocre golden tea, uh, with the exception of Tony Johnson, obviously always on his A game, dropping <laughs> big numbers tonight. One and done on the daily. Oh yeah, one and done life. Uh, so let's move on. Hole three is a par three, kind of a relatively normal par three. Not much to it. Uh, maybe more break in the green than a, than the first par three has a lot of times. It's a right four kind of green. It can go anywhere from 100 yards to like 160 yards. Uh, it's for sure a shoddy opportunity. Correct. Uh, and or a whole lot of opportunity. But not much to it really. Uh, hole four is a, I'm going to say not drivable par four. But I'm guessing there's going to be some chips at it this week. You know, Will talked about he made a chip on one in, my, in our invite today that was still you know for shoddy so you're outside 25 yards and i'm thinking there's going to be some setups on this hole you get a tailwind you're at the front of this really really long tee box a lot of these the tee boxes on this course excuse me are either there's three tee boxes which are like kind of small circles or one really long tee box this is that really long tee box and so from the front it can get down to like 420 yards yeah and with a little tailwind you can get pretty close and or just maybe onto the green. Yeah, I think I think if you're watching the live play leaderboard as you're playing Moose Landing this week, you're going to see folks actually chip in every once in a while, not all the time, but from that front box, where if you can leave yourself a 40 to you know 70 yard chip, a lot of guys are coming in with a six iron or a five hybrid, shooting in a little mini missile at it, and actually holding this out for an eagle. Yeah, it's, playing a whole uh, a shot we call the chush. Yes. Uh, which I am not the right person to describe because I am ne- terrible at the chuck. Neither we might am need I. A, we might need a guest guest host for that week. Uh, Andy Foss can talk about the chush. Yeah, as we continue to upgrade our equipment and we get the capabilities to take dial-in callers, not just folks who are guest sponsors on this podcast, but we get folks who are calling in during the live broadcast, they can probably explain a little better because I am not a person to talk about the chush with. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not a chush. Well, I try occasionally. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got uh, hole five, which is a always drivable par four. Uh, this this used to be, I feel like, a lot more difficult before tees. I say that a lot on this podcast. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I would agree with you because this hole, it seems to me, is always offset. And yep. as much fun as it is to have a drivable par four where you can just thumb it and high tee it or low tee it and backspin or bite it and give the shot you know a good run at the hole this hole is always offset so you're either going to have to cut it or you're going to have to thumb it out turn left turn right a little bit unless the wind happens to you know perfectly offset the offset yeah this, this hole used to always get me when i was initially starting off playing this game this hole got me a lot of times it's offset you have wind to factor in um, and then downhill, and then you have a mound in front of the green. So if you come up short, you can actually hit that mound yeah. and get wet. And it's a and it's a down green, so you want to land on the front, but you've got the mound right in front, which makes it a lot more difficult. And so, 
you know, we talk about the 310 driver and the different drivers that we have. And actually, but with, within the 310 driver category, we've got a couple different lofts. Uh, I personally use, on almost all the courses, a 9.5 degree loft 310 driver. A lot of people use a 8.5 degree loft. And I think on this hole, that 9.5 is going to be an advantage because a Agreed. lot of times you're going to want to land short. And, and again, that mound is right there. And so it's going to be... In my opinion, the eight and a half is going to come in a little bit too low a lot of times and hit that little hot, and yeah. then who knows where it's going to go from there. Uh, next up, we got hole six, which is the other one that could change par conceivably. It is a short-ish. Yeah, no, it's a fun one. Uh, it it can play all the way down to like 350 yards, uh, but it's way uphill. So you, there's no there's no scenario where you might be able to just pound a straight shot, a high tee straight shot at it. But Correct. There's but since it's so far uphill, there's little mounds along the way. Little ramps. Little ramps. And so I've played around with it quite a bit. Never perfected it, certainly. Uh, but you can, you can ramp off of, there's like a little, you can see it right off the tee. There's like a waterfall, and then just to the left of that is a, is a ramp. And with some roll, you can ramp off of that. I've, in my mind, the perfect setup is, is a tailwind that's blowing to the left. I would I would slightly disagree. Uh, right. Playing playing our invite earlier, I actually Uh-oh. experimented with it because it was only a five dollar invitational. I actually hit a uh, three ten eight point five with release as opposed to roll. Interesting. And we've uh, never had release before this year. So yeah, had had a nice little chip at it. Uh, made my chip. So Tony Johnson, oh I'm going to throw I'm it back two to stroke. you. I'm down two through six. No, oh, we we had trackball issues later, so we oh, can okay, we, we can catch up with that. But but for sure something that. I mean, you could always just kind of knock it out in the fairway and have a nine iron. Yeah, or eight I, I, I think the majority of the time, the the safe play is going to be to throw it in the fairway. Granted, you're going to have an uphill shot, and it's just going to be a short iron in. Yep. It's potentially going to be a shot point hole. You're basically going to be able to dial it in by throwing it out in the fairway, giving yourself a short iron, and going after the flag. So, Will, for the listeners only, not for my benefit whatsoever. Okay. When you were hitting this shot earlier. Did you low tee the eight and a half, or was it normal tee? No, it it was actually a normal tee. Okay, because I, I hit the nine and a half in my practice game, not our invitational, because I didn't want to waste the five dollars. <laughs> but I hit a nine and a half, and I low teed it, and I thought, and after I hit it, I thought actually maybe just a regular tee nine and a half would have been better. But it's interesting to hear that the eight, the regular tee eight and a half worked as well. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to come into play enough. Um, it it's such a crapshoot, unfortunately. That yes, you can get up there and you know try to impress your buddies, like oh my gosh, I just drove this by having a secret shot, whether hitting roll or release. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen often enough where you're going to reap the rewards and gain a stroke, as opposed to someone who throws a you know, three or a five wood in the fairway and throws it up with an eight or nine iron into the green. They take their birdie. I just, it, 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 yeah, it, a, it's a really big crapshoot on a one game banking on the hill with a one game sam- sample size. If you lay up, you might lose a stroke. Correct. I mean, to someone who, who knows the shot and ramps it up. Yeah. But over the course of 10, 20, 30 games, the person that is continually going for it and probably finding the water a decent amount of time. Is probably losing strokes to the person that is going to the fairway every time. Correct. I, I would agree. The, the stream kind of snakes around. I, I want to say it goes from about 12 o'clock, wraps around to 3 o'clock, down to 6 o'clock, and then shoots out at about 7 o'clock. Um, there's definitely trouble you can get into, so it's, it's not a high play recommend, obviously. 
Um, but we're going to move on to hole seven. Um, hole seven is a par three. We're, we're going to go after it. This, this is a chance to get a stroke here. Yeah, this is, uh, we've talked about, and actually it seems like on the front nine every week, these last few weeks, we've had a hole, a par three specifically, that has a down green. Yes. And we talked about how it used to be that you either have to do no spin, backspin, or uh, roll. You wouldn't yeah. do a roll into this green, but uh, but relief, uh, but bite now. Now that we have bite, certainly since Moose Landing came out, bite is a really helpful spin on this type of yeah, hole. Yeah, you can if start chasing darts, out, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think you know this being a you know 150 to 190 yard hole uh, down six green release, uh, you know. It could be a really helpful spin if you're chasing a whole lot. Especially if it's raining. So some of these older courses, like we saw last week on Heather Point, there'd be a stretch uh, of four to six holes where all of a sudden you're getting in a rain situation where you have to look at your distance that the machine gives you, whether it's 159, but for some reason the machine may give you a 190-yard club or a 195-yard 8-wood where you need to click back and forth and check your clubs to make sure you get the right distance because the rain will definitely play with your club selection and your distance. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't affect how far the ball will fly. Correct. But it affects how far the ball might go once it lands. And so Agreed. And so the Golden Tee, the, the machine itself seems to correct for that a little bit more than people would expect. And so if you're not paying attention and it's raining, you can find yourself, in a lot of cases, long, longer than you might think uh, you thought you were hitting the ball. Uh, next up, hole eight, uh, a drivable par four, and this is actually the hole that I was talking oh, about. Oh goodness, here we go with the poles. And <laughs> should, so, should, should I mention the track ball malfunction right now? Oh, oh will what what happened on this hole? It was, it was only a five dollar invitational, but the track ball wasn't uh, hitting the uh, you know halfway to C, halfway to three. It uh, yeah. It, I stayed dry. I Stop. stayed dry, so I'm not going to give you all my secrets. And I, but it sounds like maybe you should have tried a full. Uh, or potentially, potentially. But like I said, a, a full, a full is a lot more of a daily contest shot. But in this case, for sure. I've actually, in in invites, when I happen to find myself on Moose Landing, I I I find that I'm hitting a, a decent amount of fulls on this hole, and it's because it it's if you can click two to, two shots to the right. Oh God. Oh, they're it's coming. The full police. <laughs> it's the full police. They're oh, coming. No. All right. Well, hopefully they don't catch us before the end of this podcast. Oh, good God. I've drank too much today. Here we go. The Savage Minnesota Police Department is uh, pretend. Oh, they drove by. No, we're good. It's like. Uh, they give us the honk. It's like meow on Mayfield. Yeah. <laughs> Just can't be stopped. A whole so, lot of police. Yeah, so someone send the authorities. All right, well, uh, back, to, back to hole eight. So anyway, foals. I'll keep trying to talk over this siren. They should be gone here in a second. Um, but I find myself clicking two to the right a decent amount, which, depending on the club and depending on the wind, can be kind of a perfect C2 thumb full. And so if, if, you're, finding, if you're getting used to the foals on the daily and you feel a little bit comfortable on... Moose Landing number eight, it's a shot that I've found works pretty well, especially with a high tee because this green is kind of, uh, it slopes to the left, so it's going to be riding your full a little bit, which can be a little bit scary. But a lot of times on hole eight, you might have some rain, which is going to help kind of deaden that. But uh, but also with with high tee, 
uh, it's going to kind of bounce a couple times and then just kind of land soft kinda, kinda and be dead. Soft. And so I've, I found myself playing some foals on hole eight of Moose Landing a decent amount. Yeah, th- this hole has uh, actually been a tough hole for me for some reason. Um, I think there's a slight elevation change, and with the wind coming into it or against it, I've always found myself either getting short or growing long. This this hole has been a, a tough hole for me for some reason. Hole number eight on Moose Landing. And I'm, I'm glad it was tough for your for our invite. <laughs> well, it was a slight trackball malfunction. So, but, oh, yeah. That's what but, I would uh, say, too. Hole nine. Hole nine. Uh, oh, moving I, on. I, I, I'm excited to uh, get into this hole because uh, we got a little whammy jammy coming up here with uh, Tony Johnson on hole nine, uh, par five. Uh, first par five of the course. Yes. We haven't Welcome. had any... Welcome, Welcome, par fives. Uh, and actually, I'm thinking about the par fives. This might be maybe the most difficult of the par fives, and it's the first one. I might argue the 16 might be a little bit more difficult. But anyway, this this one, I, you heard us say last week, what you see is what you get. Yeah. And there was a lot of that on, I mean, a lot of these early courses can be that way. What you see is what you get in terms of a drivable par four or a par five, just bang it away. This one and actually 16 are not that way. Um, and so we've got a creek that runs through it about 300-ish yards. And you've got two options here. You can lay short of that creek, which is a shot I used to do a lot of. Or you can go over that creek um, with usually a high tee, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a high tee. And you don't, but you don't want to be too close to that creek because the, the fairway runs down into that creek. Correct. So let's start with if you, if you go short, of that creek, you're probably going to have about 300 yards in, and you're going to be a lot higher in relation to there's a hill right, there's a big hill right in front yeah. of the green that you have to get over, and so being up higher in front of the creek, um, you can get over that with a three wood or a ten and a half loft driver, something like that. Uh, but it's a t- that's a tougher first shot and an easier second shot. Correct. And the reason I used to do that all the time back in 2007 was because the club set I was using wasn't one I could make myself. I was beholden to the club sets that Golden Tee let us use. Correct. And in this case, I was using, I think, the Hawks, what are now called the Hawks, yeah. which is like the two hybrid, the three hybrid. And so I didn't have an eight wood or a six wood. Or yeah, a you were somewhat at the mercy of that. And so We all were. And so the shot, if you go over the creek, a lot of times is going to be like an eight wood type shot because then you're going to be able to get up over that big hill in front of the green. And so the fact that I didn't used to have an eight wood meant that I would be hit, trying to hit a three hybrid or a two hybrid. Well, that's never going to clear that hill. Correct. And so um, now I do find myself going over the creek a lot more. But if you if you happen to use a club set, and I would hope that you're not using a club set that doesn't have a seven wood or an eight wood in it, um, then you might have to you might be forced to be short of the creek. But but a lot of times it's going to be an over the creek kind of shot. Yeah, so to Tony's point, we kind of talked about whether or not we're going to use a lob wedge. I'm going to use a lob wedge, but I'm going to have an eight iron in my eight wood, excuse me, eight wood in my bag for this hole. A lot of times, if you clear the creek, you're either going to have a six wood, a seven wood, an eight wood, a nine wood. Myself, I prefer an eight wood. I'm familiar with the cut. Yep, me too. And getting over that hill, th- there's a huge berm. So to Tony's point, if you lay back. Granted, you're, the green may be at a lower elevation than where your ball is, but you have to clear a huge hill. And with tees coming into play now, I think for the most part, folks are going to clear this creek mm-hmm. and really have a short wood in, whether it's a 7, 8, 9 wood mm-hmm. going into this green. Uh, some, 
some of it's wind dependent, but I myself feel more comfortable with an eight wood, and I think it's a great club selection for this course. So I think you're going to take a definitely uh, higher lofted wood coming into the screen. I, th I think it's going to help you save a stroke or two. Yep. So uh, moving to the back nine. Oh, here we ten. go. Another part five. Here we five. go. <laughs> stringing together. Uh, this... Zelinsky, you're a madman. <laughs> One day. He, he threw him in the hopper and they came out with five straight par, three straight par fives. <laughs> but spoiler alert, next hole is a par five too. Uh, and he was like, screw it, let's do it. Three straight par fives. Yeah, only, five. only course in Golden Tee history. I, I can't even, I'm sure there's another course that has two straight par fives, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. But we've got, this is the second of three straight par fives. Uh, this one is the easiest of the, th of the three or four total for the course. Uh, this is a bit more of a what you see is what you get par five. Yeah, uh, the only, you can't say that terribly often. Right, and the only thing here is if you're way back in the far back tee box and maybe have a headwind, you might have to lay back a little further than you want. Correct. But the thing here is going to be your second shot, which is uphill. So you just need to make a slight adjustment for the fact that it's uphill. If you're, if you're hitting like a three hybrid in, that might not be the right club. You're Ooh. probably going to want to hit a, an eight wood or a six yeah, wood. Yeah, lofted just the club lo for the sure. lofted club is going gonna, is gonna to help you with that uphill shot a lot more than... Uh, three hybrid which might screw with you up might screw you up uh so moving on to the third straight par five hole 11 uh and this one is not a what you see is what you get um what most of the time what i'm doing here is i'm clicking three four five clicks to the right and there's a little finger of fairway out there um i guess i don't really know how else to describe it uh, there's water kind of all around it but it's really not that hard of a it's a pretty big chunk of fairway. Yeah, it's not that hard soft, to typically. And what you're going to want to do is hit like a, usually it's kind of a three woodish shot or a five wood, kind of depends on what tee box. And you're going to want to end up on the right, as far right on that little finger as possible. You don't have to cheat way to the right, but you don't want to be to the left of it because it, the, you'll, the first time you play it and you're left of it, you'll see why you don't want to be left is because there's a little hill there. Yeah, so as your drive comes in, to Tony's point, there, there's a little inlet, and it's going to play like first cut, so you're still going to get your cut shot going into the par 5 as your second shot for your eagle. Um, typically, uh, you know, 5-wood, 4-wood, 3-wood, going into the green, yep. and it's, it's a great little layup spot. But it can be difficult. I mean, this is wind dependent. As you get to the back nine, the winds are going to pick up where you might have to play a slight cut shot off the tee to make it stick on the inlet. And you're also going to have to play a cut shot into the green to get that par five. Yeah. You're almost always going to have to play a bit of a A1, little mild A1 around the kind of cliff. Like a half and half. Yeah, yeah. half and half around this cliff for the second shot on this hole. Correct. Uh, next up, we're finally done with the par fives for a little while. Uh, we've got hole 12, which is a par 4, always drivable. Uh, yeah. Here, your look is going to be anywhere from 250 to 330 yards. It's one of those long, straight tee boxes that can vary the distance, in this case, by about 80 yards. Uh, it's a little bit downhill, and you're going into a down 7 green. Mm -hmm. And so, kind of depending on the wind, it could be that the new bite option is might be helpful could be huge new and not new in golden tea but new compared to 2007 when this came out um so i think this is can be a relatively straightforward par four uh what you see is what you get uh those bunkers in front are quite deep so you don't want to find yourself in those uh but if as long as you feel like you have enough carry you throw some backspin on this 
it's into a down seven green. You're not going to pull it off the front into the one of those bunkers. No. Um, and so you're, you're you're pretty safe going with a, a backspin on this hole. Yeah. So one of the things we really haven't talked about so far in this, and that Tony and I have talked about, is that these greens in the old school courses are a lot smaller than you might mm-hmm. see currently with the current 2018, 2017 version. So these these greens, you have to be a little more precise with your shots coming into it, but I think hole 12 is definitely a generous green where mm-hmm. for a short... It's huge side to side for sure. Yeah, yeah, for a short par four coming in on the back side where you can hit a wooden to it, you've definitely got room to play around and throw your ball in the green, get your eagle and move on. Yep. Uh, next up, hole 13, par three. Uh, can be a bit of a funky hole. We had a, mm-hmm. uh, there was a, I think it was a Freaky Friday about two oh, yeah. months ago maybe, maybe... Something like that. Two months, maybe three months ago. Uh, this this par three is downhill. No matter what tee box, uh, downhill. Uh, the green is a big slope. Correct. Uh, but it can play as short as about 50 yards. And so as a guy that only has a gap wedge, in this case, for my shortest club for this course, a uh, 50-yard hole can be a little bit difficult. I might have to low tee it, back it up in the tee box, play a little bite. Uh, but in the case of the daily... Uh, we, people were actually holding out with putters. Yeah. The, so we were high teeing. I was high teeing a putter. I can't remember if it was bite or roll, what it was. But we were high, and, and we talk about autos. And this was like I was making this eighty percent of the time. Yeah, with a putter. It, it, a hole it, in one. it was it was a pretty fun shot on the Freaky Friday. I don't think this Freaky Friday has been fully released in terms of invitationals for the daily. Um, but the daily contest was literally you putted off the green. And I think you played it like a left two, and you just literally yeah. thumbed it like a left two, like a little thirty-eight foot left two, and the ball would rock yeah, it off. There was enough you, tailwind, and it just and you had tailwind, and, and it carried over the ravine, and psh, boom, sucked it right in. Yeah. It, it was it was a fun shot. So there are YouTube videos of it. Um, hopefully you've seen that. I know they've been posted, but this was a really fun hole. But for the majority, uh, I would not advise doing that in regular <laughs> play. Though. Yeah, don't for, try it. Yeah, just for the, watch the view. Watch yeah. the YouTube. Yeah, for the majority of the time, you're, you're going to have uh, probably like either a wedge or something all the way up to maybe a six or a five. Yeah, it can play uh, relatively long, especially with a headwind. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it can definitely be one of those holes where as you're getting into the backside, you notice the wind's picking up. You might have to play a cut shot. You get a 14-mile-an-hour crosswind, and all of a sudden a par three that looks relatively straightforward and most of the time, all of a sudden you're having to hit a pretty difficult shot and maybe leaving yourself with a 30, 40, 50 foot putt. It, it can with be a, a decent, tough hole. With a decent sized break on this green too. Yeah. It's a eight, maybe nine break green. Um, so yeah, you could, it could, while it's very short, uh, it could be difficult at times. Uh, next up we got hole 14, which is our only, uh, or our one of two completely non-drivable par fours on this course. Uh, this is, uh, for me, it's almost always a A1 type shot or, you know, A2 type shot to get as far out in the fairway as I can. Uh, from there, it's going to be about a 200-yard shot into the green um, relatively. It, it used to give me fits because, you know, it, it can play pretty long if you're in the back. But with tees, you can always get far enough in the fairway that you're going to have, you know, 290 yards in at the very most. Yeah, now now with the advent of tees and being incorporated into the courses currently, um, I typically line up my pointer. I try to line up my pointer at the left side of the trees as you look at the overhead view on the left side. Yep. And 
you'll have wind coming either way, but I typically try to have a 3 or a 290 or a 310 driver, and I try to line up my pointer with the left edge of the trees and hit a high tee, and I'm hitting a big swooping A1, mm-hmm. and hopefully just getting out into the fairway to Tony's point and having a, you know, mid-range wood, a, yep. a low iron, uh, potentially sending in a missile here, but I don't think on this course I'm going to play a lot of low-lofted clubs. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of woods on this course, and so Correct. you're going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be a 6-5 forward type of shot. Uh, next up, we've got hole 15, pretty interesting hole. I, oh, know, it gets fun here. Yeah, it's uh, far more, far less difficult than it used to be, which we say all the time on this podcast with the old courses, but this this hole used to be a real pain mm. in the butt, um, and, and it still is a pain in the butt, right? Depend. Uh, totally depends on the wind, right? You you could have some really easy setups on this hole. You could have some really difficult setups. Yeah, your pace uh, is it's everything. It's a far downhill par four, always drivable. Uh, pretty depth-wise, not too deep of a green with a huge hill behind it. Correct. And what I know now that I didn't necessarily know as much in uh, 20, 2007 was that backspin is a killer on this hole. Yeah. You don't want backspin. I mean, even even if you're going to land long, if you land long on the hill with backspin, it's going to vacuum gonna just, right off. It's going to pull it straight up. So uh, whether you're muting the backspin by using bite instead of backspin or a high T, which is going to severely mute the backspin, I think those are your two best options. Again, wind dependent. But if you get a big headwind on this hole, you're going to want to land kind of high up on that hill Maybe and with trickle down, and kind of trickle potentially. Down. Yeah. Um, it used to be that if you had some really bad setups, you'd want to hit it like a big A1 with roll and have it end up, I'm sorry, a big C3 with roll, and end up like left of the green because then you'd at least leave yourself a chip. Chip, yeah. But at this point, we've got better options, but still they might not be great options. And so this hole can be, there'll be some strokes exchanged on this hole because it's it's not uh, not the easiest hole. No, this this is a fun hole when it comes down to stretch time, but it's also a very difficult hole. So hopefully you're following along on Golden Tee Fan and uh, you're goldenteefan.com and, and you're pulling this hole up because as you guys get to play this for course of the week, it's uh, it's a tough hole, but it's a fun hole. Yeah, it's, it's uh, fair too. Eh? Yeah, actually, I was, I was thinking about these last four holes when I was playing my practice round earlier to take some notes. And these are really well-designed last four holes. I agree. And, I agree. and actually, I like this course in general. But these last four are really good. They're difficult and fair. This hole is difficult. you got to think about, okay, what spin do I want? What club do I want? If I hit a, if I hit a C3, I'm going to add a lot of distance because it's downhill. And so uh, 15... I, I like a lot. It's a great hole. It's difficult but fair. Yeah, I, th- I think that's one of those holes that if you looked at other courses that have come out during the duration of Golden Tee and Golden Tee Live, that could basically be a hole 18. I mean, yeah. it's th- there's some crapshoot aspects going on to it where it can make or break your round. But we're going to move on to hole 16 here, yeah. another par 5. Another hole I like just because it, it's one you it, – there's a lot of thinking going on here. And so it's a straight – it's a str- what looks like a relatively straightforward par five, uh, you got to pay attention on the drive because what they show as fairway, it looks like you got about 340 yards worth of fairway, but really you only have about 300 yards worth of fairway because yeah, it trickles if, down. If you get over a little edge there, you're going in the water, and so you want to lay back maybe 30 or 40 yards short of the end of the fairway, which then leaves you with usually kind of a, a no less than a three wood. Yeah, mid-range but, wood but probably. A 290 driver or a 310 driver, 
into a green that's pretty small. And it's yeah. a down five. Very small. We, we talked about smaller greens earlier. Yeah. And, th- and this is where you start to see it come into play as you're going into Moose Landing 16. Um, and, and the winds are picking up. So oftentimes you're going to get a you know 12 to 16 mile an hour crosswind. I mean, hopefully you guys get a headwind or a tailwind where you can thumb something in. But a lot of times you're going to get a crosswind where you have to cut the ball into this green. And you're doing it with a long, long wood. Yeah, and and not only do you have the small green, but it's surrounded by like pot puddles. It's yes. not pot bunkers; it's pot lakes. <laughs> um, they're little, tiny little lakes, or what? I don't even know what puddles or whatever you want to call them. It's like pot bunkers, but with water in them. Yeah, uh, that our water has the stroke killers. Stro- yeah, stroke killers, <laughs> round killers. Um, and so you know, small green, surrounded, essentially surrounded by water, right? If you miss this green, you're likely to go in the water. And it funnels to the water. Yeah, it funnels to the water. And so very difficult. Again, really like this hole. Difficult but fair. Um, next up, we got hole 17. It's the final part three on the course. One of those long tee boxes. I think the tee box, I tried to measure it out in it, my practice run. It's about oh. 120 yards long. So this can play anywhere from like 100 yards to 220 yards. I much prefer it at that kind of 180-yard level. Because then you're hitting, uh, you know, a five burr or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you can in there. throw a little dart into it. Yeah, with some backspin. You don't want and too much action yeah. at it. Right, a, f- a five wood or five bird, five hybrid. Uh, if you have backspin, it's usually just going to be a land and kind of check. Yeah. Whereas if you've got a, a tailwind with like a eight wood or something like that, who knows? Or if you've got a, if it's playing really short and you got a headwind with a nine iron or something like that, it can be really difficult. Uh, big down 10 break into the screen and yeah. the green plays a lot smaller than it really is because it's got these little kind of fingers that that go off ridges it, yeah that sometimes the, the, they'll put the pin in these little fingers that go out from what is kind of a smallish round green but then it's got these little fingers of green that go well yeah you it. yeah you've got water long and then you have the pot bunker short um, yep. it, it's definitely tricky uh, I, I think this is one of Jim Z's better designed holes I mean it's a long tee box Tony talked about how you typically either have one, two, or three tee boxes per hole, or you have a really long straight tee box where you get a variety of placements uh, that can greatly vary your distance. And, and this is one of those holes, and it's coming into the back stretchers, so it's it's definitely a tough par three with a lot of wind. Yes, it's you know toward the end. Uh, finally, we'll close up with hole 18. Again, oh boy, I think a really nice. <laughs> oh, oh, Will, can, what happened in uh, your? practice round today uh the, care to tell, the, care to the, tell us the invite week? i've i've skipped over a couple holes and i haven't talked about many of uh the invite holes but uh this hole i actually did eagle during our invite oh um, uh what did that make your score uh, sure? I, I, I didn't shot point it <laughs> oh, okay i have minimal shotties but i actually shot a pretty strong score so right. uh we we may have to post that for everyone later right. we'll definitely have to do that we'll uh it's a big five dollar invite i know big big money <laughs> uh anyway so hole 18 sorry we getting off topic slightly uh always drivable par four kind of a a, a comma or a kidney bean slashed gr- er, shaped green with like a, a cliff on the right hand side and a cliff down into some water on the left hand side and some pot bunkers correct which you definitely do not want to be in especially yeah, with a gap wedge deadly me you yeah hopefully in the invite <laughs> <laughs> uh but especially with the more muted spins that we've got now the the bite and the release uh this hole has gotten a little bit easier but again it can play up to like 320 yards 
And if you're if that pin is in the back of this green, kind of wrapped around that cliff oh. from 300 plus yards, that is not an easy shot. Yeah, you, that you, makes it one of the more difficult par or hole 18s that that Golden Tee has to offer. Yeah, you, you you got some cut shots coming into it because and there's no bailout. Yeah, to to Tony's <laughs> point, I mean, granted you could lay up, but no offense, you don't want to be a bitch. I mean, if you're if you're with your <laughs> buddy, especially the invite. Yeah. <laughs> If you're with your buddies, but then you bring a rock wall into play, you have basically water that's surrounding it from about 12 o'clock down to about 6 o'clock. But then the rock wall, if you overcook a cut shot, a little half and half A1, and you're trying to smoothie it in there, if you don't catch that properly and you hit that a little long, you can get a rock bounce and it'll just ricochet either into the pot bunker or into the water. And And at that point, you'd almost prefer the water. Yeah, because <laughs> those pot bunkers are deep yeah. and small. Yeah, and at that point you're you're looking at par. You're just trying to save par at that point. And with right. the crosswinds this deep in your round, you uh, you hopefully have a club that can get you up and down for par. It's it's a tough par four. Well, we know Lil, Will has a lob wedge. I will not, but uh, so Will, feel free to miss this green as much as you want this week. Uh, you've got the club for it, so you might as well miss the green, especially in <laughs> prize games that we're we're in uh, together. But uh, we've we've gone really long. We've gotten a lot more verbose on the classic courses of the week over over our uh, over our four weeks of doing classic courses of the week. Tink tink tink. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna so, finish out our beers here and probably let you guys go. Yep. Uh, again, classic course of the week this week, Moose Landing. Hope you all enjoyed our our talk about it, talking about the the features that are coming up and a little uh, the tip of the week as well. Yeah, we're going to look for course trailers. I know they talked about, if you guys watched the Freaky Friday preview with Adam Kramer, he talked about hopefully this week we're going to get the you know course previews going on. Um, also, we just want to give a big shout-out to Jazz's Jeans. I mean, they're, oh, they're fantastic. They came out big. We didn't even see it coming. I mean, yeah. we had a little idea at, at, the, at Jill and Mark's wedding. Uh, just something looked a little off, and we thought that maybe something was coming. And it turns out something was coming. Yeah, I mean, it's jazz's I, I, jeans. I mean, it's a prototype. I mean, granted, we're here from the cornfields in Minnesota, and, and we're talking about prototypes, but to see a prototype in action by jazz's jeans, taking it to the next level of style, the next level of style, we've seen where it's going, and it's jazz's jeans. Yep. So big thanks to jazz's jeans. Uh, again, download, subscribe, rate all these buzzwords that you should do for our podcast. Uh, again, if you've got some ideas for tips of the week, we'd love to hear them. Some Send stuff them in. you want to learn about. It doesn't have to be tips. It can just be things you want to want to hear us talk about. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back next Sunday with the following week's Classic Course of the Week, and we will talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.